We're starting a new series this week, and we are going to talk about the promises of God. All right, so we want to uh, look at some of the different promises that God has given us. And, you know, He is so good, and His promises, there are many of them, and He is anxious and ready to give them to us. So let's have a look at the promises, and then specifically today, I'm going to just cover one of the promises, and then we're going to do that for the next few weeks as God leads. But here's a great verse to start us off, 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So here's a verse talking about the amazing, precious, great and precious promises. And there's a couple points from this verse about promises that I want you to get kind of as a foundation for all the promises we're going to talk about. First of all, never forget there are great and precious promises from God. In other words, there's many, they're good, they're precious, they're almost, if you would say, like a treasure or a gift, okay? God has many of those for his kids, for his people. They're there, available to you and I. So just remember that. Don't think, well, he's kind of cheap, I don't even remember a promise. No, 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 he has lots. And he has them for you and I. So remember that. The second thing, these promises are for a purpose. They're to bless us, but they are for a purpose. And uh, in this verse, it says the promises enable us to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. Okay, that's a big statement. So the things God is giving us are actually going to allow us to share in what he has. All right? And escape the corruption of the world. So his promises are good for us. His promises allow us to be partakers in his miracles. His promises allow us to be partaking in his transformation, in his giving of life and blessing. You get the picture? That's what it means sharing in his divine nature. So the promises are for that. And of course, to keep you and I from being corrupted uh, by the world. All right, the promise is a declaration uh, of assurance that someone will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. A promise is something, if you say, I promise, it means you're really going to do what you said. Okay, now as people, there's times where we forget or don't fulfill our promises, but with God, when he makes a promise, he doesn't forget and he fulfills it. Now, as we go through, you'll see that some of the promises have a part that you need to do, and then the promise is fulfilled. We'll get into that over the next few weeks. Uh, But that is, well, let's say you make a promise to someone. You say, I promise I'll give you 10 bucks uh, if you do something. So there's a part to the promise. You will fulfill your promise, but there's a part also that the other party plays. Some of God's promises are like that, but not all. Okay, so Hebrews 11.33 has one more point I want to make about promises, and then we're going to look specifically at one of the promises. So Hebrews 11.33, by faith, 
the people, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. Okay, so promises are to be received by faith. And I'll explain that as we go through as well. But promises must be received. Just the fact that they're out there doesn't make them yours. And uh, I shared this last night. I'll share it again. We had a gentleman who uh, a while back used to sell snap-on tools. And snap-on tools, I think, are the best tools out there. Not everybody agrees. But anyway, snap-on tools are great tools. Now, let's just say this morning I had a set of snap-on uh, ratchets and sockets, and I was going to give them to Mr. Gary because he fixes stuff, okay? And I had them here, and they have Gary's name on them, and I say, Gary, these are yours, okay? All right, now, is, are these ratchets and sockets Gary's, even when they're here? Are they his? Yeah, they're his. They have his name on it. But are they going to do him anything if he just walks out and doesn't come get them. No, but they're his. So I'm just helping you understand with scripture, these promises are ours, but they do us no good if we don't take them for ourselves. Okay, so that's the receiving part. Now, Gary doesn't get credit for receiving. He didn't do a big work or anything. He just simply, oh, thanks, I'll take that. All right, similar to how we receive from God his gifts. And as you go through and we go through the different ones, you'll see that most times receiving from God is using our words and then usually a step in that direction, okay? So possibly Gary say, oh, thank you, and he comes this way for me to hand it to him. So similar to receiving God's, it's often we use our words, thank you, Lord, for what you've given, what you've done, I receive it, and then we take a step in the direction that he's leading us. All right, so it's pretty simple to receive, but you do have to receive. You can't just be like, well, if God wants to do it, he will. That's not receiving, okay? I wouldn't be able to force Gary to take these ratchets and sockets. That's not how God does it. I can't chase him around town and try to push them into his hands. That's not receiving, all right? So just remember that. As you go through the promises, they are yours. They have your name on them. But it is up to you to say, okay, yes, Lord, thank you. I want it for me. I know you're good and I want it for me. So the promises of God are amazing. There's many. Today, specifically, I want to look at the promise of God, which he says he will never leave us or forsake us. You see, this is a great promise and it brings protection and peace in every circumstance, knowing that he will not leave and he will not forsake us. Listen to Deuteronomy 31, 6 to 8. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you will cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. You see, the Lord going with us will protect us and keep us safe in battle. 
And interestingly, as you look at this portion of Scripture, Joshua is actually going to take the people in to possess another promise. He had promised them inheritance in a land that flowed with milk and honey. And I'm not going to get too much into that, but the promises of God must be possessed. They must be received. But Joshua needed some encouragement And he needed to know that God was not going to leave him or forsake him when he went in the direction God had told him to go. Did that mean it would be completely easy? No. He would actually have to fight for the promise that was to be his. Now, if you're here this morning, you're kind of tired. You're like, oh, Pastor Dan, do you have to say that? I don't want to. Well, hey, if you're in a position where you're really wore out and tired, God wants to give you rest. But I can tell you this, when he's given you a direction and a promise to possess, you may have to fight a little. But it's okay, because he's with you. Nobody can defeat you. Nobody can stop what God has promised if you'll step in with him. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You see, we can be at peace in every situation knowing he is with us. The protection that God gives, often we don't even realize how many times he protects us. But he is always continually protecting and blessing his people. I remember one time a number of years ago, Uh, a situation with a vehicle. And actually, the pastor who pastored here previously, he and I were good friends. And uh, at that time, we were staying in Widewater. And he came out to Widewater to pick me up, and we were going to come back to town to have coffee. And it was in the winter, and as we were coming back, on one of the little bit of a hill, and as we were coming down, we realized it was solid ice. And there was a pickup truck coming the other way, and we were both, he was going about 100, we were going about 100, and the pickup truck coming this way all of a sudden went out of control. We could see him lose traction, and the next thing, he's coming straight at us. The problem is, we are also on ice, and there was no control. I was in the passenger seat, the other pastor was driving. And I remember seeing this vehicle come, and it was really fast because we're both going really fast. And it was heading straight at us. And I remember feeling zero fear. It was just a moment where I was maybe in a mood, but I was not happy with the enemy. And I was just, I saw this vehicle coming and I said, in Jesus' name. And the vehicle went like that right around us. I've never seen a vehicle that close at that speed. It went around us, completely out of control, and then went in the ditch. We as well had no control, but we slowly went like this and stopped on the edge when we hit the grass. But completely protected and not worried or fearful. Why? Because God is with us. You see, God had been speaking to me about things he wanted to take place, things he was wanting me to do, and they hadn't happened yet. So how dare the enemy send a vehicle straight at us? Do you have faith to believe that God's got something good for you? Do you have faith to believe that you're protected, that he's with you at all times? 
Psalm 139 and verse 5 says this. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. See, God is always with us no matter what. He's with us. He's looking after us. In this scripture, it says he's before us. He's behind us. His hand is on our head for blessing. That's a good God. That's a God who loves us and cares for us more than we can imagine. I talk about vehicle incidents. I I just have to share another one. Actually, this is one from my wife, a situation with her a number of years ago when Abigail was three years old. And she was coming back from Edmonton, and I was here in Slave Lake. And as she was driving, she was following a semi, and a pickup truck came the other way. And the pickup truck had in the back of his pickup truck loose uh, oak cabinet doors and different parts from oak cabinets. And as he came past the semi, it sucked out an oak cabinet door. And so he's coming this way at 110 kilometers an hour. My wife's going this way, and the cabinet door came out. The cabinet door came straight through the windshield. Uh, It was on a side like this and came straight through. My wife saw it. She said she remembered just screaming and closing her eyes. And when she stopped... There was a hole in the windshield like this. There was about a nine-inch wedge of oak laying on her shoulder. There was pieces of cabinet in the ceiling. There was a chunk of cabinet beside her. There was another chunk of cabinet behind the driver's seat somehow. And there was another piece of cabinet door laying at Abigail's feet in her baby chair. And she had decided she was going to lift up her feet and play with the seat belt and that piece of cabinet hit right below her. My wife opened her eyes and from the window shattering there was pieces of glass all around but not a single piece of that cabinet door had hit her. She was a little bit in shock and the semi-truck driver had pulled over right away and he came back to the vehicle and he was kind of shaky and when he looked in the window he was and he talked to my wife and he said oh my goodness I can't believe you're okay. He said, I was so sure when I came back here, I'd fight somebody with no head. But God protected her and protected Abigail. Because the God we serve is with us and around us no matter what. If we believe that, if we trust in him. And he will be with us and protect us. He will be with us in all situations until it's our time to go with him. And then however he chooses to take us home, we'll go home. But until then, nothing can touch us. And you know, I just want to thank God for his blessing and protection. You can clap for testimony. I think it's good. Because I need you to understand something. Even though you can't see it in the spirit, you don't see in the natural how God protects. He protects amazingly. And uh, I actually, I'm going to 
give you a little bit of a visual of this this morning. The verse where he says goes before, behind, his head is placed on, his hand is placed on our head. So I'm going to need some help. And uh, Gary, I'm going to need your help. I know you're you said your knee is a bit sore. Maybe we'll pray for your knee as we give you help. Come up here, Gary. And I need two other people. So Joseph and Michael. Okay, I want to get you a picture so you'll keep this in your mind. I want you to see what's happening in the Spirit. So right there, Gary, that's good. Okay, Gary, you stand here. You're going to go before me. So stand right there facing before. Michael, you're going to come behind me. And Joseph, you're going to go on this side. And I'm going to get you to put your hand on my shoulder instead of my head, just because, you know, nowadays to us, we're like, what? But the hand on the head was a hand of blessing flowing over. This is the person before. It was the idea of a soldier who had an armor bearer before them, stopping any arrows, spears, and fighting anybody who would come near. And then the person behind, you're right behind me, Michael. The person behind was protecting the soldier's back at all costs. All right, so now have a look at this because we're going to walk across the front. Hand on the shoulder. Go ahead, Gary. This is me. This is God protecting, looking after me. This is what's happening in the spiritual realm that you and I don't see. Wherever we go, God is there. Wherever we go, he's got us. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your help. So I want you to remember that picture. You've got God looking after you like that no matter where you are. So if fear tries to come in, if situation comes, you say, no, he is there. He's got you. You see, the promise of him never leaving us or forsaking us allows us to never have fear. And this is a good thing because God says we shouldn't have a spirit of fear. But listen to Isaiah 41 in verse 10. It says, don't be afraid. For I am with you, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing, for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. You see, God saying he'll never leave us or forsake us allows us to never be in fear. Because fear says something horrible is about to happen. Faith says God is with me. Nothing can happen that he hasn't designed. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. You see, him being with us does not mean you will never walk through difficulty. It does not mean you will never go through a struggle. But it will not touch you. And he will most definitely take you through it. Maybe some here have been through some difficult things. Maybe you've been through some horrible things. Do you know God does not lead us into sin? He does not lead us into horrible situations, but sometimes our own decisions do, or the decisions of others. Because we are in a sinful world. But yet, if we will choose to hang on to Him and trust Him, He says He will bring us out. 
And he will take the worst situation and turn it for good if we'll let him. He's that good. Psalm 27 and verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? There's an interesting story in the book of Exodus about God being with his people and how they did not need to be afraid. And it's in the book of Exodus chapter 14. But before I read, I'll just give you a little bit before the verse. You see, Moses is leading the people of Israel out of slavery from Egypt. They've been going through the wilderness and now they are at the Red Sea. They've camped and as they're there setting up camp, you know, getting ready to take it easy for a bit, they look back and here comes the armies of the Egyptians, horses and chariots. And the people immediately become afraid. They immediately start complaining and they're saying, Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We should have stayed slaves. Fear immediately took them back to where they'd been. Now, interestingly, they knew God was with them. Because, you see, they were led by a pillar of fire at night, and it was a cloud by day. This large cloud or fire at night. It led them. They knew God was leading them, yet still they became afraid. Now, we can't be too hard on them because you and I have probably been through situations too and it is easy to trust God when everything's going smooth. You know, when everything's just going great, it's, oh, I trust him all the time. It's when something gets tough or difficult that we really find out if we have faith, if we trust. You know, in this situation in our world and how things are seeming a little bit crazy, can you still trust? Don't let fear come in and stop you from going the direction God's told you to go. Because you see, in verse 13, Moses says this to the people. Exodus 14, 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Or another version says, tell the people to go forward. How could they go forward? There was a sea in front of them. There was an army behind them, a sea in front of them. And God says, don't be afraid. Continue going the direction I told you to go. Even when it looks impossible, even when it looks scarier. What direction has he told you to go? Keep going. And so God tells Moses, hold out your rod, and he sends a wind that night and divides the sea. And they go in a wall on either side, moving forward in a time that it would have seemed, oh no. You know, that scary, difficult time for them was the time when God would completely defeat their enemy. But they had to not be afraid, and they had to go forward. I don't know what situation you're in, but if it seems like it is so heavy, it is so crazy, keep your trust in him. He's about to bring you victory like you've never seen before. I have found out over the years, the greatest victories come from the toughest battles. I need to say that again. The greatest victories come from the toughest battles. If there's no battle, there's no victory. 
God will take you through. Do not be afraid. Continue forward in what he's last told you to do. And if he gives you new direction, then continue forward in new direction. But fear will paralyze you and stop you from experiencing God's victories. You see, he's with you. He's got you no matter how crazy it may seem around you. It doesn't change who he is. All right? You're good with that? You're like, okay, we're okay with that. I don't know what you're going through, but I know this. He's got it. He's more powerful than any situation. First Chronicles 28 and 20. King David encourages his son Solomon. And then David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. So you see, God's promise to never leave us or forsake us allows us to have protection and peace. It allows us to never be afraid. And thirdly, His presence with us, never leaving us or forsake us, gives us courage and strength to take action. Okay, these are the three things I see with this promise. They will cause you to have peace. They will cause you to never fear. And they will give you courage and strength to take action, even when it's difficult. Knowing that he is there. What often keeps us from taking action? Well, what if I fail? What if it's not really what I'm supposed to do? What, what if, what if, what if? What ifs cause us from taking action? But knowing he's with us, directing us, take action. You can't go wrong when he's with you. Well, what if I fail? There's no such thing as failure if you're doing your best to follow his direction. If it doesn't work out, it's a great learning experience. And he's got something better. Okay, do you hear me? You guys are looking at me kind of... <laughs> Come on, Pastor Dan, we get it. All right. Psalm 73, 17 to 26. I got to give you a little backstory on this. David, the psalmist here, is really in a point in his life where he's very discouraged, he's even bitter, and he is a little bit upset at God because in his mind it seems like the wicked people are prospering and nothing bad happens to them, and he's been going through some tough things. And so he gets very depressed, I would even say, but he doesn't want to say anything because he's like, well, this would make God look bad, so I won't say anything. That's the place he's at. And God has to show him the truth. So Psalm 73, 17, David's in this mood, he's in this state, and he says, then I went to, the to thy sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet, 
I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Who have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. You see, David learned a lesson. He learned that if it appears that the wicked and those that don't serve God are having it easy and it's wonderful, they are headed for a destiny that's horrible. In Scripture, it's a place called hell where God is not there. You see, they have not accepted God. He is not growing them. He is not testing them. He is not purifying them. And without realizing it, this brief time of life compared to eternity, they are in a really horrible place. And unless something happens to shock their minds, get their attention, they may never call out to him. You see, and the devil knows that. But David realized, I've got it good, because I've got God with me, and he'll never leave me. And the things I've been through, I'm learning and I'm growing, and he is good. Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Jesus gave his final uh, orders, if you will, to his followers. And he ended those orders by saying, this is my promise. I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age, or as one version says, to the end of the world. He will not leave you. I need to just make you and help you understand this. He will not leave you. Maybe in your mind you're saying, well, but what if I make a mistake or I do something wrong? Isn't he going to leave me then? He will not leave you. The psalmist said, no matter where I go, you're there. You can walk away from him, but he will never walk away from you. Do you hear me? You can choose to run and say, I don't want you anymore, God, but he will never leave you. So trust him. Trust him with all your heart, for he's good. And his mercy, it says in Scripture, endures forever. You see, the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. And those of us who have accepted him as our Savior, we have such a hope, such a peace in these interesting days. We can know we're going to be all right because he's that good. <laughs> 